from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. It's been nearly four years since the Gulf Coast was struck by Katrina and Rita, the two back-to-back hurricanes that led to widespread destruction and loss of life in coastal communities. Last year, we again had to face back-to-back hurricanes, Gustav and Ike. And as you might recall, the storms also damaged refineries, reduced or eliminated power to pipelines, and led to tight fuel supplies in parts of the country. The oil and natural gas industry takes very seriously its role in ensuring a steady stream of fuel to consumers. And to that end, it's always updating its hurricane preparedness plans. Al Manato, API's Fuels Issues Manager, is in the studio today to explain these fuel supply plans. Thanks for joining us today, Al. My pleasure, Dean. Al, let's remind our listeners about the challenge we faced in the aftermath of Katrina and Rita. How much of the U.S. refining capacity was knocked out by those two storms? Well, after Rita, the second Category 5 storm in 2005, almost 29% of U.S. refining capacity was shut down. The 2008 hurricane season, as you mentioned, was also very active. The two hurricanes in 08 were Ike and Gustav. After Gustav, almost 20% of the refining capacity was shut down. During both the 05 and the 08 incidents, there were also major disruptions to the pipelines that send fuel to the East Coast and oil to the Midwest. So, Al, how would you describe the fuel supply situation in the days that followed the storms? There were some shortages caused by the hurricanes in 05 and 08, but these disruptions were temporary despite the extensive damage to the infrastructure and to the refineries that I already mentioned. Uh, the, the industry quickly and uh, safely brought back refining production and pipeline operations to the levels um, that had been occurring before the refin- uh, refinery outages occur. And in fact, in 08, we had near record levels of gasoline and record levels of both diesel and home heating oil. Um, one thing that consumers need to do during these times of stress is to reduce discretionary fuel usage. Now, as I recall, the oil industry worked with the federal government to make sure that there was fuel available after the storms. Can you tell us what steps were taken? Yes. Uh, the Energy Policy Act of 2005 allows EPA to issue fuels waivers when there are extreme and unusual supply circumstances that occur. These temporary waivers allow our industry to increase the amount of fuel that's available to the public. So when it becomes apparent that um, there is a potential for a large hurricane, our industry works with the government to give them supply information that enables them to issue these very important waivers. Now, we have entered the 2009 hurricane season, and is it possible that these waivers would be available for use again this year or perhaps subsequent years? Is this something that's, you say, part of a federal law that keeps them on the books? Yes, definitely. Um, If uh, extreme and unusual supply circumstances occur again, these waivers will be available. And I'd also mention that they are the single most important thing for getting increased fuel supply to our citizens. 
Al, what would you say were the lessons learned after Katrina and Rita, and how has the industry used that information to improve its plans for hurricanes? Well, the refineries and the oil and the oil products pipeline have been working hard um, both uh, at the Gulf and with their other operations to make their facilities less vulnerable to hurricanes. But there were a lot of lessons learned. Um, in particular, we're working with, we worked with the electric uh, utility industries to identify refineries as, as critical infrastructure so that when they bring the power back online, refineries are among the first facilities to get that, um, that power. Um, also, we have secured backup generation uh, for our refineries and our uh, distribution uh, companies and have, again, identified those companies as critical infrastructure for local, state and local officials because they often have a say in how these uh, backup utilities get used. Used. <clears throat> also, we've set up redundant communications uh, uh, systems to allow us to communicate with our employees because people um, need to understand that our employees are directly impacted by these hurricanes. They live in these areas that take the direct hits, so we need to be able to communicate with them. And the other thing we've done is to work to pre-position food, um, water, transportation, and other critical needs uh, for when the infrastructures uh, for the uh, hurricanes occur. What other steps are being taken to prepare for this particular hurricane season? Anything different, anything specific that you can mention? Well, one, one of the things we do before each hurricane season is we have a series of meetings with state and local officials. And what we try to do is to update our emergency contact list with those officials because oftentimes they change. So we want to make sure that should emergency occur, we will know who to contact. We also want to discuss with them what the procedures would be for uh, applying for one of these waivers, either at the federal level or the state level. We also educate the state officials to explain to them what the fuel distribution system is in their state and the interrelationships between their states and other states, especially if there's a pipeline that either goes through the state or feeds that state. Um, the final thing that we're doing, uh, and, and many of these meetings have already occurred, uh, at the state and local level. We're all, we also have planned uh, similar meetings with both DOE and the EPA. As I understand it, Al, the Senate is considering legislation that would require a 30 million barrel regional product reserve. If passed, could that possibly solve the fuel shortage problems that could occur after hurricanes? Unfortunately, there's no silver bullet when it comes to supplying fuel after a hurricane. Uh, we believe that a refined product reserve would have unnecessary costs and unintended consequences. There would be significant costs associated with uh, filling that reserve, and then there's a need to rotate the fuel. It's very, it would be very complicated. But the unintended consequences are even more significant uh, because what may occur is that because this reserve exists, um, importers or others who might supply fuel to a needed area would 
decide not to do so because of the fact that this uh, reserve overhangs the uh, market. The other thing is government officials, both at the federal level and at the California level, have looked at this um, at product reserves and have rejected the idea as not being one that would work very well. Um, and the last thing I would just mention is that the product reserves really don't do anything to get around the problems associated with uh, the lack of electricity in the pipelines and the refineries. And that's really the critical problem, and these reserves aren't going to solve that problem. They can suffer from the same electrical problems. Exactly. I mean, especially one, one proposal is to put this product into salt caverns in Alabama. And again, it's going to be subject to the same uh, electrical issues that the pipelines themselves are. Sure, if you can't pump it out, it's not going to be uh, very helpful to people. Right. So in general, would you say then that it's better to let the market adjust for unplanned refinery outages or supply problems better than trying to solve this through regulation? Yeah, that's right, Jane. What we've learned is that the market adjusts quickly to supply challenges without the need for government intervention. Um, the movement of supply into an area is determined um, by the market um, circumstances. And we've seen whether it was Rita and Katrina or Gustav, the market respond to the need to supply fuel. And um, really what we've learned from our experience with these hurricanes and with other supply disruptions is that the market works. Very good. Let's hope we won't have to depend on it this year because we can always hope that we're not going to have a severe hurricane. Season. Right. It's been a it's been a slow season so far, so the hope is it'll continue that way. Great. Al Monado, thank you so much for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.